0: The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Roner Park area. Um, I would just like to say again thank you for the pastor and having us in. We have thoroughly enjoyed being here. We go to many different churches, and, and I can say this, that we have been blessed because you have welcomed us in with open arms. Uh, there's a lot sometimes that the churches that may not be so welcoming, uh, and I'm not judging, but I can tell you this, you have welcomed us in, and we do certainly appreciate that. Uh, that's a testimony to your church and your pastor and to you. And we thank you for that. We thank the Kaczynskis for allowing us to invade their home again. Uh, I'm telling you, we were talking last night that this is probably one of the best places that we get to sleep. We have been, I guess we have been in probably, we've slept in 14 or 15 different places. And I think this is probably one of the most comfortable ones we've been in. And we do thank Him for that and the meals, and we, we appreciate that. Uh, welcome us in. And, and that's, that's just part of the testimony that you have, and, and it's just a wonderful time to be here for us. Beautiful country, good people, and we enjoy it. Thank you for all that you did. Thank you for the meal today. And again, uh, we just want to minister and be a blessing. Uh, That's what our our ministry is about. As an evangelist, we uh, travel and just to go to different churches, but we want to edify, we want to minister to people. Uh, Besides, that's what it's about, is to see, I pray that our ministry, that through our ministry we minister, that people would be saved and souls would be saved and people would be changed. And I pray that's the the uh, that's my prayer that I hope that I can just encourage you in the Lord tonight. Uh, that it's my prayer. No matter where I go, I want to encourage God's people and uh, to just live and to encourage one another because we're here on earth. We need each other, uh, other Christians, uh, to help us live our life. And I just want to help you, and I pray that I'll be a blessing to you. Also, if you did not get one of our prayer cards uh, this morning after the service, if our girls or my girls will have them uh, after the service, if you don't mind just picking one of those up and praying for us uh, as we travel. uh, God answers and honors prayers. And prayers is what got us through so far, and prayers is what's going to get us through the rest of the way and uh, we we go to different churches and they ask us they said do you have special music and we, yeah we do and they said well do you all sing and i said no we don't all sing i said if i got up here and started to sing you wouldn't have much of a congregation left they would hit the door running if I sing. So I'll leave that to, to my daughters, who I'm really, I'm truly blessed that uh, they enjoy singing and with my wife. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes the, the preacher's wife or the pastor's wife uh, is a blessing. I couldn't do what I do without her. And your pastor couldn't do what he did without his wife. So you give her a chance, pray for not only your pastor, but your pastor's wife. And uh, uh, just pray for them, uh, and I understand. I pray that uh, they're on vacation, and I hope they have a good time of rest and relaxation, uh, because pastors need it. Uh, and I've seen many uh, that we minister to, or try to minister to, and they they have a a. It's definitely God called, no doubt about that. With the things that they have to do, and uh, to try to minister the folks. So just pray for you, pastor. Uh, Pray for your pastor and God honors and answers that. Luke chapter 11, please. Luke chapter number 11. And as we go through here this uh, message this evening, uh, I want to highlight probably one of the most neglected uh, portions of a Christian's life. And I think that in this time as we're living, we, we take for thing we take things for granted. Uh, we think things things that we, we've had here, and it's just one of those routine things that we've always had. We hadn't think we don't think about it. And as we go through, I want to highlight probably one of the, the things that the Christians uh, need to look back on and need t- to uh, to look at their selves and kind of take into account of their selves because I think this is one of the most part of neglected, neglected parts of a Christian's life and that's prayer. That is, that is one of the things that That we need to do as Christians. Now, we pray in church and we pray on Wednesday night. But I want to encourage you and help you that you don't stop it then. You pray every day. You pray every day. Don't stop praying just because you're at church. Go home and pray. That is one of the most important things that you will do in your Christian life. Is talk to your Father. Is talk to your Father. And we're going to look at this in Luke chapter... Number 11. So if we will, we please all stand for the reading of God's Word, if you're able. And we're going to start reading in verse number 1 of Luke chapter number 11. And the Bible says, And it came to pass that he, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say... Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so on earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come unto me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you, for everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened." If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them? That ask, them, ask Him. Let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we love you. Thank you for allowing us to be back tonight, Lord. I pray that you'll use your word to touch lives and, and change hearts, Lord, and to work in the midst of these people. Lord, I pray that I say something to encourage them, uh, to help them along their walk for you. And Lord, we'll just thank you for many blessings you give us each and every day. In Christ's name, I ask and pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. There was a golfer who went across, a pro golfer that went across into a land, the Saudi Arabia, to go play golf when it was off-season for him here in the winter. And he went over there and uh, he was playing golf and the king there found out that he was playing golf in his country. So he was kind of, you know, the king was like, he was impressed, he was honored that the pro golfer would come and play golf in his country. So he sends some folks and he says, go get him, bring him to the palace. I want to meet him, I want to talk to him. So, guys went and asked him to come to the palace and the pro golfer, he went to the palace. And out on the way in, man, he was admiring these beautiful paintings and sculptures and those kind of things. And he was kind of taken back. So they go into the room where the king's at, and the king says, Look, I'm I'm honored that you're here and I want to do something for you. Well, the uh, the pro golfer says, you know, I, I really don't, you know, I don't want to ask him anything. I just don't want to. But realizing when the king asked him again what, you know, what I want to do something for you, can I do for you, he realized he didn't want to offend the king. So he said, Well, you know, I play golf. i I'd, I'd kind of like to have a golf club. And the king says, okay, we'll get you a golf club. So they talk a little bit more, and the pro golfer ends up going back to his hotel. I don't know, probably an hour later or so, uh, a package came. It was a package like this, and about that big around. And he, he looked at it, and the guy brought it in, and he signed for it, and He said, uh, you know, this is a funny-looking golf club. I guess they make them different in this country. I don't know. But he continued looking, and he opened it up, and there was a piece of paper in there. And it said that he gave him a deed to a golf club. (laughs) And the guy sat back, and he realized... I made a request of a king. We in our lives, when we pray to God, we make a request of a king. And many times he blesses us more than we ever know. Just like this pro golfer did. He didn't know what he was getting. But he made that request to that king. And that king gave him more than he ever expected. And that's what we get when we get caught, uh, pray to our Heavenly Father. We never know. He gives us more than we ever, ever really realize we get. And you know, you read through the Bible, you read through the Scriptures, and there's uh, men, who, men and women who've left the deepest impact are those of prayer. They, they've left impacts in their lives or other lives as men and women of prayer. And you'll find that prayer has been the mighty power that has moved not only God, but man, prayer is so important in our lives. Sometimes we take that for granted. So prayer is so important. In First Kings 17, you see that Elijah went, was in front, in front of King Ahab and he told him that the, the heavens would be shut up. They would be closed, there would be no rain. Well then he goes to Mount Carmel and maybe we're, we're familiar with this and uh, he goes and He confronts the the 450 prophets of Baal. And what the time was there is who was God. Was God God or was Baal God? So he goes up there and and he confronts them and he says, Look, okay, we're going to make a sacrifice. You're going to sacrifice a bullet? I'm going to sacrifice a bullet. And we're going to see who's God, who's really God, who consumes the bullet. So he gets all these prophets and they set up their altar and all that stuff, and they start calling unto their gods to come down and consume the sacrifice. Well, I like old Elijah. He starts mocking them a little bit. He says, Well, you call unto his guy, they're not coming. Is he sleeping? Or is he kind of walking around and you need to get his attention? What? He's not paying attention. Well, you know, that's Elijah. You read about him, you can see that. But then he, the, the, the sacrifice, and they never come, of course, because they was praying to false gods, but he sets up his altar and he sets up his sacrifice. And he tells them, he said, look, take barrels of water, dump them on the sacrifice, dump them on the sacrifice. He said, do it three times. Uh, barrels of water. And he dug a trench around the, the altar. And it was so full that the water had the trench. And he began to pray to God and acknowledge him and who he was and how great he was. And what did God do? He sent that fire and consumed not only the sacrifice, but the water that was around it. Because Elijah prayed unto God. And God did great things there. He, he had faith that God would answer that prayer. And what did God do? He answered that prayer. But he had faith he would. And we see in 2 Kings chapter 4 with Elisha and the Shunammite woman. He goes and he's riding by and this, this lady recognizes and he tells her husband, this is a man of God. He's coming by, this is a man of God. We need to treat him well. And I'm kind of paraphrasing the story. We're not going to go back and read all the verses but if you get a chance, you go back and read those. But he goes, uh, she goes, I, I perceive this is a man of God. And they begin to feed him and build him a little chamber there as he's passing back and forth. And so he asked the woman what she wanted or what he can do for her. And she didn't have a child. So she wanted a child. And she eventually uh, had a child. Well, one day in this child here, uh, he eventually died. And she was distraught, of course. And she went and she got on a horse and went and found uh, Elisha, told him what happened. And and Elisha comes back. And he lays on that young man and prays to God. If you remember the story, he sneezes and wakes up because he prayed to the father. He prayed to the father in this to help that young child to raise him from the dead. And he raised him from the dead. Because Elijah prayed unto God. And he raised that child from the dead. Psalm 51 is a familiar passage of scripture where David, after sin with Bathsheba, he, he pours out his soul, prays to God to forgive him. In Psalm 51... In Acts number 16, or chapter 16, Paul and Silas, there are in the Philippian jail. They're singing and praying to God there while they're, they're uh, imprisoned. And God does one thing, that he listened and he heard those prayers, and he opens that door. And, and you know what? The jailer gets saved. Because they're praying, and they're singing songs and hymns to him. And in Acts chapter 12 and verse number 5, we see that the church there, now James just had been beheaded right before this. And so they were seeking Peter, and Peter, they knew what was going to happen to Peter, you know, come to the same faith. But the church earnestly prayed for Peter. They earnestly prayed for him. And there we, the story of the angel that came and told Peter, get up, get up, put your sandals on. And follow me. And he took him out. And he he went outside. And then he goes back to this church. Now churches were different back then. They were house churches. There was just a few people that would gather into the house there. And so Peter goes to the house. And he knocks on the door. And this young lady named Rhoda came to the door. Didn't know who it was. But then figured out it was Peter. So she likes, she goes back and tells them, Look, Peter's at the door. And they go, You must be crazy. Peter's in jail. So she goes back and knock on the door. And eventually he opens the door to come in and they recognize it's Peter. Because they had been earnestly praying for Peter while he was in jail. And God answered that prayer. God answered the prayer. See, so you think about it. When was the last time you were overwhelmed with one of God answering your prayers? Think about Think back. When was the last time you were just overwhelmed? You were just just like, oh Lord, I can't believe that you've done this. Because he's answered your prayer. And see, some some Christians, they've kind of become callous to prayer. They they say, God is going to do what he's going to do no matter what. And why should I pray to him? Why should, why? And then, you know, he's going to do it anyways, what some people say. And he is certainly the beginning and the ending. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. Of course he is. And you look at Jeremiah 29 and verses 11 and 12. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Pray unto me, and I'll hearken unto you. See, scriptures like this tell you God knows what he's doing and what he's going to do, but what he does is directly tied to prayer. It's directly tied to prayer. And some people are callous, and they said that, you know, some people that God has not answered their prayers. They've been praying for years and years and years and years, and God doesn't answer the prayers. But you know what? God answers the prayers. He answers it in three ways yes, no, and hold on just a second, or hold on a little while. We'll come back to that. He does. He does, and some people don't believe that, and some people are confused about prayer. They think it's only for an emergencies. They think, oh boy, this is oh, oh this is not good. I need to pray. It's only an emergency situation. like a backup parachute. You know, backup parachutes fail too. But they only consider prayer as an emergency in their lives. It's it's only an emergency. See, Jesus prayed all the time. He prayed at baptisms and great crowds around him all night long, early in the morning, and who his disciple he prayed who his disciples would be. If Jesus saw prayer important, shouldn't we? If he saw prayer important praying to the Father, should not we? Do you have a normal or a regular prayer time? Do you pray every day? Do you have a routine that you have to pray to the Lord? Do you, do you have that? And, and guard that prayer time. Guard that prayer time. Don't let anybody or anything take it. You know what? Because prayer will change your life. Cha- prayer changes things. And you can talk to him anywhere. Most of our problems... Most of our problems is not unanswered prayer with God, it's unoffered prayer. We don't offer our prayers to Him. It's not unanswered, it's unoffered. And don't let anything substitute the place of prayer. Don't let anything substitute that. Prayer is an ongoing relationship with God. It's talking to Him. God is not impressed with your prayers that really have no meaning He's not impressed that. It's just a routine because you think you have to. You know, we we pray for our food. We pray for different things, but we really don't have any meaning to it. You know, God wants us to talk to him as our Father. He's our Father. We want to talk to Him. We want to have real meaning to that prayer. And He knows if we mean it or not. So we need to to, don't it's not a routine. We don't make it, say, a routine of, of praying before our food and the same prayer over and over again. Talk to God. Don't make it. Talk to God. He's listening. He's listening. And what I'm saying about your prayer life is this. God, what is your will for my life? And I'm asking it to be done here on earth. That's what I want. I want, I want what you're telling me or what, what my, your will is for my life. I want it to here done on earth. And it's okay to ask for the desires of your heart according to His will. According to His will. Now, let's look at verse number nine in our text here. The Bible says, And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given unto you, or given to you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And if you look and you see ask and it shall be given unto you, ask relates to desire. And it's really a technical term that means ask. It means ask. Somebody got that? They just woke up. Nah, just kidding. Seek and ye shall find. Seek means direction. Knock means determination. Just keep on knocking. Keep on knocking. Christ here, this is Christ talking. Christ tells us ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on Knocking that's what he's telling us he's not getting offended by your prayers he's telling us, keep on asking keep on keep on knocking, keep on seeking and you think about Jesus when he prayed, I could only imagine how awesome it was to see Jesus pray, and it was awesome. You read in the scriptures, it was awesome. I want to give you three thoughts about prayer. And the first thought I want to highlight in verse number 2, we see the person of prayer. The person of prayer. Look at verse 2. And he said unto them, when you pray, say, Our Father, which is art in, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Now, you look at the scriptures, we're familiar probably with this, with the Lord's Prayer. But it's worded in a little different way in Matthew now, you think about sometimes we get and they say, well, the scriptures contradict e- each other. They they don't really word the same. And, and you get folks who say they should be the same wording and all that. Well, if you look at the Gospels, you, see, you take a house, a four-sided house, and you set Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you put them on each side of the house. They see different angles, but they see the same house. And that's what they did here. They saw different angles, but they saw the same Jesus. And their wording and the way they talk is different. And I guarantee you, you can tell, the way I talk is a whole lot different because I'm from the South. And people will highlight that. I was preaching uh, up in New Hampshire at a revival meeting. And uh, up there, uh, they talk a little bit different. and we were there, and I preached Sunday morning, and was in the, there was a guy in the back, and he came out after the service, and he came up to me, and he said, I'm really disappointed in you. And I was like, oh, Lord, man, I messed up. He said, you didn't say y'all one time. I said, I got you for the next service. And for the next, next that night, and for the next night, the three nights, I put y'all in there, but when you when you look at the gospels, they word things different. It doesn't mean it's a contradiction. It's it's the same. It's just worded a little different. And you see, we recognize that. But you see this. It says, when you pray, say, "Our Father, which art in heaven." We see the person of prayer. We see there. We've said many times. We've said this prayer many times. But if you stopped and slowed down and recognized who it was you were praying to? Our Heavenly Father. The one who created the earth. The one who sustains the earth. The one who is the same that was created it. And the one who's the same today. You pray to our Heavenly Father. And so you recognize His nature as the Father and you can rest in that. When you are a father and your child needs something, your, your whole world stops. When you're a father... Now, I'm, I, when we were talking about the, the other night, we were talking about phones. And I used to have old flip phone. And uh, when it was time for an upgrade, I was just going to get another flip phone. And my kids were like, Dad, Dad, come on. You got to go. You got to get to the age here. But you know, when I sat back and I, I had this phone and I got this phone, they said, you got to have a phone that texts. And I was like, I don't know. When I get the phone and they would text me and I would put in there, okay. And it would take me like five minutes to get okay in there. (laughs) But you know what? When they got that call, when I saw that it was them, my whole world stopped. I wanted to find out what was going on with them. When they called, I want to see what's happening. My wife or my children I want to see what's happening. I want to see what's going on. I didn't know what, you know, if something's wrong or or whatever. You know, you get some of those calls that you ignore. Some of those calls, you don't know who they're from or, or whatever, and you just ignore them. But when I see one of my children who calls me, I'm going to answer that phone right then because I'm concerned for my children. Well, God the Father is the same way. See, He listens all the time. And when you pray to Him, He hears you, He hears you. It wasn't like he's putting you on hold. It's not like you've got to arrange a meeting with him. It's any time you pray to him, he hears you. He hears you. So, as a father, your whole world stops as one of your children. If you're a father, you know that. A mother, the same. And that's God the Father. He stops and he listens and he hears your prayers. Look in verse number thirteen. Paul says, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? See, Jesus said, ye being evil, and what He was saying there is you as a sinner. He's saying that I'm your Father, and how much more will I give you good things? Good things. Be like a child coming to the Father, and child depending on Him for everything. And that's the way we should pray, like a child going to the Father. Like a child going to the Father. Now, I love, when we go back in July, I think we got a week or so, then we go to junior camp. I love junior camp. Uh, It's interesting, to say the least. You get juniors running around there, and you know you got to get them off the building. You got to get them from everywhere because they're doing everything, and it's hard to hurt them. Well, team camp is easy. All you got to do is holler food, and they're they're all ready together, so they come running. You get food; they're they're the team. Juniors are not like that. They they're more concerned with playing than eating. Well, we were at junior camp one time, and a little boy came up and he said. uh, uh, preacher, he said, I wanted to buy my sister a gift here, but I don't have any money left. Well, the very day that the kids get there in junior camp on Monday, they spend all their money on candy. And, and they don't have anything left. So he comes to me and he says, okay, he says, I just wanted to buy my sister a gift, but I don't have any money. And he said this a couple of times. And I said, well, just pray about it. Just pray about it. And come Friday, everybody loves getting mail there. Everybody loves getting mail. So he receives this card, and it has $2 in it. $2. He comes running, and he says, hey, preacher, I got a dollar to buy my sister the gift. (laughs) And I said, what are you going to do with the other dollar? He said, I'm going to buy candy. But, you know, you sit back and you think about that. God answered his prayer. He answered his prayer. He sent that boy one dollar. You can, you know, people think and they sit back and say, no, nah, God didn't do that. God answers the simplest of things in this world. And young people, don't be afraid to, to pray to God. Because he'll answer your prayers just as, as good as adults. But he answered this young man's prayer. And it's simple. A dollar. But he answers the small prayers and he answers the big prayers. And we were, went to uh, Ohio um, up at um, uh, Fellowship Trackly where they make tracks, And they make them in all kinds of different languages. And we were there and, and we packaged up and they sent out all kinds of, of uh, literature and all kinds of tracts with, with the gospel on it. And we were there, and I was speaking to the the head guy there, and uh, he said what they did, he said every day before work, every day before they opened, they had a prayer. They prayed. Well, they said one time they they have enormous paper bills. I mean, enormous things they have to pay for the paper. And he said they come in, and they were behind about $15,000 dollars. And this was on Thursday and the payment was due on Monday. And he didn't know what they were going to do. But they prayed all through the weekend. You know what happened? Monday that check was there waiting on them. God answers prayers. He answers the little ones and he answers the big ones. He answers prayers. And you think about this. Is there something that you're living with tonight that you've not prayed to God for is there something in your life that you don't have that you need you, you have you prayed the Lord or have you prayed to God for it Genesis chapter 18 and verse 14 says this is anything too hard for the Lord at the time appointed I will return unto thee according to the time of life is anything too hard for the Lord no Psalm 81.10, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. Jeremiah 33, three says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Mark 11.24 says, Therefore I say unto you, Whatsoever things, or what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. John 16, 24, Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name, ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. And these are only just a few scriptures about how God will answer prayers. How He'll work and answer prayers in your lives. These are just a few. And see, this is a general statement. This is for Christians who can call on Him. But see, if you're not saved tonight... If you are if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, as we talked about this morning, all you've got to do is pray that prayer of faith and He'll hear it. He'll always hear it. He says, come unto me. The invitation to come. He has a gift for you. He has the gift of eternal life. And He wants to give it to you. But you have to receive it. You have to get it. And how do you get eternal life? By grace through faith. Christ died for us and you pray that prayer, ask God to come in your heart, He'll always hear you. Always hear you. So Jesus, when he, he told us when you pray, to pray in His name. It's not something that you tag on the end of the prayer. You don't have the right to come to God in your own merit. You can't go to God on your own merit. You're not good. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. There was two young men that, that there was two men that, we're out of high school one young man one man was uh he did he was well to do he was a lawyer and he made a lot of money and he was driving a fancy car and had the fancy suit and he was driving down the road and there was this beggar on the side of the road and he recognized it was his friend from high school and he stopped and he got his attention and told him to come over and he' come over and and uh, he says. You know, I haven't seen you in a while, and I just want to stop and talk to you, see how you know things were going, and anything I can help you with. Well, the the beggar was embarrassed because he had been living on the street. He had he'd smelled like he living on the street. He had done things. He didn't have uh, clothes that was tore. And the uh, the one guy, he the lawyer, he said, "Well, let me help you a little bit. Can I can I give you some money?" Well, the uh, the other guy said, well, no, I really don't want to take money from you. I really don't. Well, the lawyer said, look, just let me help you a little bit. I'll write you a check. So he wrote him a check, substantial check. So he gave it to him and he said, you go over to that bank right there and you cash that check. Well, the beggar, he says, look, he said, they're not going to cash that to me. They're not going to give that to me. If I go in there like I am now, I'm not smelling good, I I stink, I haven't taken a bath in a while, they're not going to give that money to me. Well, the lawyer said, that's right. They're not going to give that money to you on your account. They will give you that money on my account. They will recognize my name and give it to you. Well, that's what happens when we pray. We pray to the Lord Jesus Christ. And God answers that prayer on His account not on our account. He is our intercessor. He is at the right hand of the Father. We pray to Him in His name. And He intercedes to us to our Father. And the Father, hear Him. hears Him. And He intercedes. And he, uh, God the Father, he He's our intercessor. We can't come to God on our own. It must be through Jesus. We must come as humble, undeserving of our own merit. And when you come in Jesus... You go in Jesus' name because Jesus said you could. Said you could. So number one, we see the person of prayer. Number two, we see the persistence of prayer. Persistence of prayer. Look in verse number five. The Bible says, And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. Verse 8, I say unto you that he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity. He will rise and give him as many as he needeth. That word right there, importunity, is the most important word in prayer in the Bible. We see here in this, Jesus gives us a story or a parable... And he tells us about this man. there's this back in the Bible there in this time, if a person come into your house, you did everything you could. you fed him, you took care of him, and if you didn't, that was, that was like, oh man, that, that was bad. You just you just of him. Well, the guy comes in and this, this the guy comes in, and as he comes in, the, the the guy there at the house didn't have anything to feed him, didn't have anything to take care of him. So he's like, what am I going to do? You know, it's not like there's any 24-hour Walmarts here. He's like, what am I going to do? So he's like, oh, I'll go next door. He goes in the next door. He knocks on the door. Nobody really answers on the door. So he knocks on the door again. And the guy's in the side, and he says, hey, what are you doing? What do you want? My family's in here in bed. Trouble me not. The guy's just... I need some bread, I've got somebody coming in, I need to take care of him, I need some help. So the guy's like, look, get out of here. I've got my kids in here sleeping. And anybody knows that have little kids, you don't want those kids woke up in the middle of the night. But he continues on to knock. And the guy finally comes to the door. And he opens the door. And he was telling them, as he knocked the door, I need some bread, I need some bread. So the guy comes to the door. He said, "Opens the door." He said, "He gives him the bread here. Leave me alone. Get out. Go back." But the guy, in the, with the going to get the bread, he was persistent to get that. And see, he in the in the parable, he said he didn't get it because of if he was his friend, but he gave it to him because of his importunity. Well, the importunity here in this, this section, Christ tells us, we can define it as this. It is helpless, urgent, and consistent prayer. Helpless, urgent, and consistent prayer. And I get that from Dr. Shetler there at West Coast. He, he, he's telling us here in this importunity, he was helpless. You see this guy, he went over to the next door neighbor's house and he was helpless. He didn't have anything. He couldn't do anything. So he couldn't do it. He couldn't, he couldn't help him in any way. So he was helpless. And then he says, It's urgent. The guy's sitting there waiting in the house. He's like, oh, I got to have some bread. I got to have something to take care of my buddy here. So he needed it right then. And buddy, he was consistent in trying to get that. He didn't stop. He kept on and kept on and said, I need some help. I need this bread. I need this bread. Well, see, when we pray, we need to pray with importunity. We need to pray that it's helpless. I can't do anything about it in our prayer request. I can't do anything about it, but I need it right now, Lord. Help me, Lord. And you keep on praying for it. You're consistent in your prayers. And he gives us that example here of helpless, we just, we can't do anything about it, and we we need that prayer answered now, the urgency that we have, and the consistency to not forget that prayer. The value of persistent prayer is not just that we will hear, that He will hear us, but that we will hear from Him. And we will hear from Him. And we need to start praying, Lord, we pray that, I know You can, We we can pray that, We know he can do anything he wants in our prayers, but we need to start praying, Lord, I know you will. I know you will. In the same revival meeting in New Hampshire, I met this pastor who had been pastoring for over 50 years. In talking to him, uh, I preached on importunity there. And about prayer and I brought that word up and he called me after the sermon and he said, look, he said, I'm going to tell you, praying that way changes things. He said there was a few years ago his daughter had uh, got caught up in worldly things and he'd come home one day and uh, he heard on the answering machine, he said, I have your daughter and she's with me. And that's all that he heard. So he's like, okay. So he started calling the police and and did everything that he could. And he didn't hear anything from his daughter. He said, so for the first six months, he said, Lord, I, I know you can bring her home. Please bring her home. He said, for the second six months, he said, Lord, I know you will bring her home. So he said... His wife, he said, we never go to Walmart on Monday. Never. That's just one of those things. We never do that. Well, all of a sudden, my wife said, let's go to Walmart today. And he's like, man, what's up? Something's going on. So they go to Walmart. Well, he's in an aisle. His wife's in another part. And he looks down at the aisle, at the end of the aisle. And he looks at this, this girl. And he's like, she looks familiar. So she turns around. And it's his daughter. And his daughter came back and ran and jumped in his arms. God had brought her, his daughter back to him. He says, I knew it when I started praying, Lord, I know you will bring her home. And he said, when we started praying with that, that's what happened. He brought her home. That was his will. And he said, when well, my wife come over there? He said, she started crying and hollering and all this other stuff. And they wanted to throw us out of the Walmart. But I didn't care because God brought my daughter back to me. And he said, I truly believe that I know he could. But I started praying with importunity and said, Lord, I know you will. And that's the way we need to pray. Lord, I know you will. I know you can. I know you can do it, but I know you will do it. And see, it's, sometimes God says no to your prayers, but until you hear the answer, keep on praying. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Continue to pray for that prayer. In Paul in second Corinthians, he asked God to remove that thorn from his flesh three times. But that third time God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. My grace is sufficient for thee. I'll give you what you need to get through this. And he prayed to him. George Mueller, an evangelist in the 1800s. If you've never read about George Mueller in his life, he's a a great example of prayer. In the 1800s, he was known for his prayer journal. He was known for his prayers. He had a two-column journal. Okay. On one side, he put down the request that he made and the date that he made it. And when he began praying for it. On the right hand, he put a date and if, uh, when it was answered and how it was answered. In his journal that he did. Over the next 60 years, he opened several orphanages. And over 10,000 orphans came through his orphanages. Over 10,000. Through that time. And you know what? He never asked for a dime. Not one time did he ask a dime from anybody. He lived on prayer and faith. Never asked a dime. Never asked for any money. I mean, you go through and you look at his life, and they were in a—they're getting ready for breakfast. They didn't have anything. They had nothing to eat in in his orphanages. Nothing. But all of a sudden, a baker came up and delivered a bunch of bread. And he said, I don't know what happened, but I felt the Lord leading me at about 3 o'clock this morning to come in and bake all this bread. And brought that bread to those orphans. Because God used somebody else to answer the prayer of George Mueller. And they needed something to drink another, another time. And they were delivering milk in this little cart and the cart broke down. In the car, and the, the guy was driving the car. He said, "Look, do you need this milk? Because I can't get it; it'll spoil." And the orphans didn't have anything to drink. But that milk carton, that milk cart right there, broke down in front of the orphanage, and they had something to drink. Now you can't tell me that's coincidence because it's not. It's answered prayer. It's answered prayer. That's not coincidence. In his prayer journal. Contained more than 3,000 pages, and his notes showed that over 30,000 prayers were answered in 60 years. 30,000 prayers were answered in 60 years. God hears your prayers, and He answers prayers. See, a lot of the times, God is just waiting. He knew what you were going to pray, He's just waiting for you to pray. Waiting for you to ask it for it, and sometimes we fail to pray to the Lord and rely on Him and know that He will ask that, He will answer that prayer. So you just keep on asking, but we have to operate on God's time, not our time. We get we get jumpy or we get Lord answer the prayer now, answer the prayer now. Well, yeah, we we ask God, we ask His in prayers. What, but we have to go on God's time. It's not about us, it's about God. And we operate on His time, not ours. So God loves to spend time with His children. He loves to hear from His, His children. So we see the, the person of prayer, the persistence of prayer, and the last thing, or number three, the power through prayer. The power through prayer. See, God is not going to give you something you don't ask for. He's not going to give you something you don't ask for. And you think about that. See, Jesus said in verse number 13, He says here in this verse, uh, Why do we need the Holy Spirit? You see, at the end, the Holy Father gave the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him. The reason why He gives it, we can't do anything on our own strength. He gave us the Holy Spirit to live within us, to help us, and we can't do anything in our own strength. We rely on God. To help us through these things, whether it be soul winning or teaching a class or whatever it may be that you do in your life. God gives you the power to live a Christian life in a greater way than we can ask for it. He gives you the power to live a Christian life. And I'm going to tell you, we need that power to live a Christian life today. We have so many influences outside, worldly influences to try to pull us from here to there away from God. But we have to live through the Holy Spirit who will help us through this time. In 1 Kings chapter 3, Solomon Solomon was requesting for wisdom. God asked Solomon what he wanted. And he said, wisdom... Wisdom. And Lord Peers to Solomon asked what what he shall give thee. And you see he asked for understanding heart or wisdom to judge thy people, to discern between good and bad. That's what Solomon asked for. And we know Solomon is one of the wisest men. And he asked God for that, and you know what God did? He realized he asked for God and God gave that to him. But you look in verse thirteen, he says he also gave to Solomon which he didn't ask for, riches and honor. See, Solomon asked for just, just wisdom. But God answered the prayer and he gave him more than he asked for. He gave him riches and honor. And see, we have, we have power to do things for God through Prayer. Through prayer. Jesus says, remember the person of prayer, the persistence of prayer, and the power through prayer. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. There's no other way to release God's power in your life except through prayer. There's no other way to release God's power on your life. Except through prayer. Let's bow in the word of prayer. Father, I pray that, uh, Lord, if uh, these folks tonight, I pray that I'd encourage them. Lord, and I pray that as the bulletin, if they need to pray, they have prayer requests or they need to pray to you. Lord, after service, they can come and they can pray. And when they know that he hears you, they, uh, he knows that uh, we know that he hears us in our prayers. I don't know what you need tonight. I don't know. Uh, But God's here waiting on us. He's here waiting on If you need to require, you need to pray to God, you have something you need to pray about, why not come and pray to Him? Why not come? He's here listening. Why not come and pray? Father, I thank You for these. Thank You for allowing us to be here. I pray, Lord, that You'll have Your will and way in this invitation time. In Christ's name we ask and pray. at www.bebaptist.org.